Bonjour, hi, I'm Pascal Auclair. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. J'espère que cet enseignement vous sera aidant. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed. Vous pouvez me soutenir en cliquant sur le bouton sous ma photo. Your support is greatly appreciated. Merci. So, a few uh, words on practice this morning <coughs> before uh, engaging in this uh, block of exploration of uh, the morning. So, we have a full day of, uh, of, uh, <coughs> yeah, of inquiry, of uh, exploration today. It's, uh, it's a chance. It might feel like a curse for some of us. Like, oh my God. <laughs> a whole day of this. Um, you don't have to carry the, f the full day on right now. You know, it's not possible. So all these things I'm saying are actually concepts because huh? there's only this moment. And sometimes uh, what we tend to do if, uh, if uh, it's difficult maybe to be in the body or, or um, the mind state uh, one of the first thing that the mind will do is pro project, project, and you know, oh my God, the whole day like this. This is often what we call the second arrow. First, it's hard to be in this body or in this heart if it is, and then we add something else that is um, that is extra. It's is made up. It's a generation a production of the mind. You know. And that's really aggravating. Very, uh, and so it's good to be aware of this, that actually we are never asked to carry the whole year on our back or the whole week. Uh, but the mind does that. It creates that. It's, a, it's extremely light. But we, uh, that's what we call confusion in Buddhist uh, psychology. Delusion. We take our thoughts to be true. We buy into them. We and then it's very, uh, it becomes really heavy. In fact, it has no weight at all. The thought doesn't have any weight. It actually is s without substance. But we don't know that. We haven't clarified that. That's why we come to a retreat. Because <laughs> we have clarified this, that would be freedom from thoughts, you know, recognizing that a thought is just that. But for us, it's not like this, like, oh, you know, I carry the whole day, I'm carrying it, you don't know, the whole day's not here, yes, you know, every... And so, um, I'm bringing a little humor in this, because sometimes that's what's needed, it works, and sometimes I'm like, don't joke about this, this is so painful, <laughs> and, and I understand this, I, I agree, so the other response then is not humor, you know, it's, because it's not, it doesn't appear light. If it doesn't appear light, it doesn't feel light. You know, it, it feels very heavy. And so then the appropriate response is not to joke about it. Joke about it is good when it's a certain level or there's a certain capacity to, you know, <coughs> and it, it is the right tool. So it's not, uh, it's, these are tools, you know, you, they're useful in different situations. Another tool is compassion, is to care for this being now that is, uh, that is troubled now. But what we tend to do, human beings, is we get fascinated by our thoughts. And it's hard for us to recognize the mood we're in. And if we do, we will do for a second, and then go right back in the trance, um, the spell, you know, be uh, occupied in this way, under occupation, preoccupied. And so uh, here what we're trying to do, and it's not easy, is to keep waking up, waking up, waking up to act, Actuality, actuality, you know. Um, I'll give you a little example of this slide. It's not very... Uh, but um, anyway, for me, it highlighted the way my mind behaves and how it creates uh, trouble for itself. I think it's last... Uh, maybe it's last summer. Anyway, I was, I was uh, teaching with uh, Patricia and Charles Genoux colleagues and friends of mine in uh, Europe and uh, something had happened that morning 
and uh, Chishal was giving the, the teaching so I went to I was there and I really wanted to hear him because I like his idea he really uh, helps me reflect on things and see things in a different light and uh, and uh, so I was I was sitting next to him and he was talking and I really wanted to listen but my mind was caught in between past and future like oh my god this happened this morning why did this person say that <gasps> my god I answered this I can't <coughs> believe I said that uh, you know and they said that and and, and I was like um, I was occupied by the past and the future oh my god tomorrow morning I'm going to see them again what am I going to say what if they say that should I say that or, but this not uh, and I kept going like this and in the middle I was like Charles Charles talking I really want to hear what Charles talking <laughs> what is saying and I, I could hear a little something and then <laughs> I was taken huh? I was uh, I was um, f- uh, obsessed and I was uh, anyway the words don't come but you you've, I, I, I know you know <laughs> 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 and so I kept going like this and then I would there would be little openings you know uh, this reality yeah. I'm sitting here Charles is offering some teaching and at some point he just uh, said in the middle of what he was talking about <coughs> he just said Imagine, it was a, is it again, what's the, the word for it, is it rhetorical? Like, he, he didn't want us to imagine, he was talking about reality, but to softly invite us in reality. <laughs> he was like, imagine, imagine reality. <laughs> imagine if there was no past or no future, what would be left? And I was there was a gap in my in, you know in my obsession that I could actually just hear that <laughs> sentence, which described exactly where I was at, as uh, good dharma often does. I don't know if it's been your ex- experience, where it's like, oh my god, is he talking to me? Is he talking to me? You know, like, oh, they read my mind. You know, it's so accurate. And right then, <coughs> so the, the 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 sense for me was, wow, if there is no, if I imagine, let's imagine. There's, there is no past, it's not here. There is no future, it's not here. But let's just imagine <laughs> if there, is, there was no past and no future, what would be left? That was the kind of question. And then there was Pascal here, troubled. And honestly, I had not noticed it so much. I had been uh, taken by the story, but I had not noticed how this person was here. And in a way, Charles woke me up. And then I was like, oh my God, this being is miserable. I keep thinking about this being this morning, fabricating this being this morning, and the being of tomorrow. But I'm totally abandoning the one here now. This one is miserable. And then there was compassion. It could not have been there before, because it was made up stories. And now there was, uh, that's how it appeared to me anyway. And now they were like, oh, I'm here. I'm troubled. Here. Now. Oh, you're troubled. Oh, there's trouble in this system. And then there was a taking care of this here now. Not tomorrow was, ah, you know. And this morning it's really hard to go fix something that is inexistent, you know. But here there was something happening. And so for me... Point, it was pointing to recognition of the presently arisen state. You know, the Buddha's instruction in one of his uh, teachings that, that's been documented, he said, the past, gone, the future, not here. All your, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but all your interest should be in what is presently arising, what is presently here. Attend to this, you know, uh, and he says, you know, something about death comes, you can't stop that. You know, here, now is existing. Take care of this. Be intrigued by this. Investigate this here. And so that's the, the instructions. And so I think it's good for us to hear, it's good for me to hear it again. Because the tendency of the mind is to leave with the story fascinated over there. And the movement we do here is like, how is it to be here? Oh, it's actually quite relaxed. Oh, it's bored. Because in non-recognition of boredom, should be somewhere else, be doing something else, you know. And whoops, I take off. You know, and, and so here we do this practice of coming back here, coming back here,
coming back here and discovering uh, what's here. Um, this is where, you know, we were talking about compassion yesterday. This is, we were talking, <coughs> I was talking, we were practicing <laughs> compassion. <laughs> My kind of conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we were uh, so we were considering compassion, and compassion, unfortunately, is that crazy. Is born. It necessitate. Is that an English word? It necessitates uh, difficulty, pain, so for compassion to arise. It's not born in a vacuum. Like oh, I'll be compassionate now. People who have compassion, anyway, let's put it this way, it's one of the ways to develop it, is uh, it's learning how to be with what is difficult. And so when we're here uh, in this human form, then, you know, it's, it's, that's how it is. You know, there will be pleasure and pain. There will be, uh, you know, all these winds mm-hmm. coming and going uh, of uh, gathering and separation gain and loss and all of this this is in the design and so of course in this retreat it's going to be part of what's going to happen and you might be in a phase in your life or in a few days or in a, where it's hard or it might be where it's light you know but of course there will be movements in that in there you know? and so we're we're not going to be prevented from uh, m- uh, meeting with uh, loss that makes sense, you know, and the Buddha, enlightened being, you know, the most healthy mind possible, backache, people uh, hating him, uh, conflict in his uh, community, uh, you know, the whole shebang, he was in the middle of life, he was not like suddenly floating above, you know, might paint him like, like this, you know. But that was not the reality. The reality was sometimes he couldn't finish a talk because the back was hurting so much he had to go lay down. Uh, And so here we're developing this. This is not easy, but uh, good quality contact with uh, what is difficult. It's not the only thing that is happening. It's beautiful quality contact with what is uh, pleasurable, what is... uh, nourishing what is easy to be with and so that's uh, uh, part of the job so what are the instructions around this so if it becomes overwhelming um, difficult to be with uh, we have to look at what are our resources what can we do to uh, help survive stay uh, head above water or something like this you know so the things that are known and they might work sometimes, might not work for us, might work all the time for us. It's, we have to check it out. But uh, what we talk about these days is a lot about uh, well, in this practice, if your eyes are uh, closed, you can always open the eyes and locate yourself. You know, because eyes closed often amplifies the emotions, and so uh, opening the eyes might make it more relative even if it's just by 2% less, you know it's quiet here Uh, see where you are uh, in space, locate yourself often it can be reassuring for us to know where we are where is the exit? it's going to be reassuring for me to know where is the exit you know Uh, space, so here, you're facing here open your eyes, see the sky the river uh, something wider than this little uh, container here that can be uh, helpful see what is reassuring for you in the landscape you know, what uh, is uh, appeasing even if slightly you know so that's to bring the focus away from so if I have a strong emotion maybe it'll be contracted here or it'll be hollow in some way or frozen or there's so many it might be in the jaw or something like this so and these strong em- strong emotions are very vortexy like they they drain the attention and the energy 
And so what you want to do, if you can, if you remember, if it's... It, sometimes it just doesn't... I might remember, but the mind can't even go there. But sometimes it can. And so if it can, you might recognize what is beautiful or appeasing here. You know, look, and probably you'll find something outside there. Nature is often good like this. Or if there's somebody that, oh, I like this person, appears to me as a friend, you know, just know they're there, they're practicing. Open the eyes, take a break. One thing that's been helpful for me, I mean, there's a bunch of things. Sometimes for, uh, f- for um, to help myself, I have to change a person. You know, it's not so much... Uh, I start talking with the you, or the, oh, Pascal is not... Oh, Pascal has a big reaction, you know. Or I talk to myself. Like a, it's very childish, and a friend told me uh, last year, she, she told me emotions are two years old. And it was so good for me to hear because I thought, oh, that's why I talk to myself like this, you know. <laughs> oh, Pascal, they didn't say what you wanted them to say, huh? It didn't turn out as you want, you wanted, huh? No! Oh, this is hard. <laughs> this is hard. It's not happening as you want. That's very frustrating. You're not happy right now, right? no? It's really hard for you right now, huh? <laughs> You know, and so, and it's hard for you, my love. You know, so, so I don't know. I'm not a psychologist, but like, oh my god, mm-hmm. you know, they're losing the sense of I, I don't know what. <laughs> <you know? laughs> but it works for me, you know. Uh, um, I was talking to an, another practitioner. And uh, she was telling me this. She was saying, "Oh, it's been so hard. I was like taking care of myself as a third person, you know, like, you know, like I'll I'll take care of this for you. You can, <laughs> you know." And I, I was saying, "I totally recognize this. I remember at one time I had to have a meeting with somebody, and I, I was too in bad shape, you know. So I thought, you stay here, Pascal. <laughs> stay in bed. I'm gonna go represent you over there. You know? I'm gonna go do this meeting for you because you can't possibly go to that meeting, you know, but." I'll go for you, you know, and somehow, you know, so whatever works, you know. Um, But what's been helpful for me, I mean, I'm joking about this, but it's really actually been helpful for me, and and I think in Buddhism it actually works, because in Buddhism there's a thing, we won't get into this this weekend, but the thing called anatta, which is a really deep, deep, essential questioning of who actually is sitting here, and who, who do you think you are? Basically, you know, like of uh, which is at the core of our suffering is taking things personal and not realizing that this is human nature. You know, that what's happening here on this cushion, yes, maybe it's personal, but maybe it's actually not personal at all. This is human nature: the nature of calm, the nature of joy, the nature of confusion. This is nature, natural. Natural. I love nature. I love nature. Well, you're in it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you are in nature. The nature of uh, greed. The nature of uh, avoidance. The nature of courage. It's not personal. It's human nature. It's ageless. Um, but um, what I was going to say that another view for me that's been extremely helpful is uh, more like archetypal. And so at times it's been so hard, uh, either in my life, daily life, or like things happening in life, or in retreat. Because in retreat has a way sometimes to, you know, your life was fine, kind of, you know, but retreat takes you down in a, where you meet, you know, confronted with the, the shadow side. We don't want to get stuck in there. That's not, we, we want to touch in and out, you know, as much as we can. But uh, sometimes uh, what's been extremely helpful in my life is uh, going to the archetypal and I've seen my teacher talk about this <coughs> I probably got that from them or intuitively I don't know but I remember sitting there on retreat and saying this is too, too, too intense for this little being Pascal is too small for that amount of despair or confusion or fear you know so we have to switch gear here switch uh, 
you know, uh, scale, you know. And suddenly, you know, I, I'll have the image of um, Odysseus huh? on a journey. Oh, yeah, Odysseus goes down to meet the Cyclop or the dead, you know. And this is what's happening. This, it's, it's that, you know, that's, it's at that level. It's huge. It's myths. This is what's happening. It's not just Pascal and Van Pryor, you know. It's too small. It can't contain that amount of, uh, you know, rage or whatever is there, self-loathing. Or, you know, I have to go to a bigger... Okay, so that's big, big cosmic movements. I've seen a few times uh, Jack, my teacher, Jack Cornfield, in the private meetings with uh, people, uh, once in a while he would say that. Uh, some, somebody would be... Uh, maybe feel hopelessness or despair around something in their life, you know, chronic pain or family events, you know, that tragedy and stuff. And, uh, well, he had many skills, many tools, but one of the ones that I saw him use sometimes that seemed helpful was to, to, to bring the archetypal level, you know, say, for example, say, have you seen... Uh, Shiva doing the cosmic dance. You know, you see this uh, image sometimes if you've traveled in Asia, or been to an Asian museum, or sometimes in yoga studios. There's a, a Shiva with all the arms and legs doing the, f- the dance in the fire. It's not my uh, tradition, so I'm, I'm, I might, but I'm going to do this anyway. Just say so. So this, this, and Jack would say like. You know, this is uh, Shiva doing the cosmic dance. You know, that's this huge dancing in the fire with grace. You know, and it's fire, it's fire, and Shiva's dancing in it. You're invited to also find a way to to also become Shiva dancing in the great cosmic fire. You know. And somehow, every time I heard him say that, there was something in me that would be like, okay, let me be in that fire and see if it's possible to move uh, in that fire, you know, allow the fire to, to do its thing. I'm trying to think of the different uh, resources uh, we have. I mean, there's a way that in this practice also we deconstruct something that seems like, you know, my life is a mess, you know. Okay, so that's a general idea. Let's deconstruct it, you know. What are the physical components? It's pressing on the chest. Okay, so pressure on the chest is, is that. Can that be felt? Can that be okay? And suddenly when it's not like my life is a mess, it's just pressure on this one aspect, Okay, the other one is ideas. <coughs> you recognize ideas for ideas. Okay, the other one is, and you pick it apart. You know, that's, we're deconstructing emotions to remove <coughs> the apparent uh, power they have. So we recognize, oh, okay, pressure on the chest. Uh, it might be, we might dissociate it from, uh, let's say, anxiety. What is anxiety? Pressure on the, is, is <coughs> pressure on the chest bearable? Actually, yes. But if it's anxiety and I'm stuck with it for the rest of my life, it's unbearable. Ah. But if stuck with it for the rest of my life is an idea, and pressure on the chest is another physical thing, then I, are you actually dying from pressure on the chest? Maybe not. Maybe not. Okay, so can I allow pressure? Can I allow something to rip open I mean it's again it's an image I know it's not ripping open but it certainly felt like this in my life you know that the heart is ripping open can I allow that impression knowing that it's not ripping open literally you know, but that there's strong sense of pressure or can that be allowed so of course we already need to have a little resource to be able to, to do this but Emotions of the nature, I, I've been told, and I've seen this for myself, of being fluctuating. The idea of it is not fluctuating. My depression, my, you know, but the experience of it when we become very moment-to-moment 
uh, attentive will show the fluctuating nature of this. And if we are very attentive and honest, we'll see this thing probably at some point it will show its uh, flickering even nature. Very present, and if I'm very attentive, it just passed. It was just not there for a second. Because for a second there was only self-righteousness. You know, I'm right, you're wrong about how you put your shoes in the corner there. You know, something like this. <laughs> and this is just like this, you know. Or I'm just flushing the toilet for a second and everything else disappeared. You know, there's just my turd not leaving, you know. <laughs> and it's not my life is a mess. It's just like, go, go. <laughs> I'm becoming very just <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it can be anything, you know. Um, I remember I told this story, sometimes many of you maybe have heard it, but I was in a, actually reliving a big, big uh, loss. I thought I had gone through and it was done. Ah. <laughs> you know, but the conditions were such that, whoops, suddenly it came back like big, and I'm, oh my God, I'm going through that again, you know. And this is what, how it was, you know, and I was in it and in it and in it, and when... And the bell rang for, for, uh, for the meal, you know, and my mind just—I I saw my mind for a second. Pizza, you know, <laughs> like I, I, had, I knew it was pizza that day, and and although I was in deep grief, you know, for a second, <laughs> and it was so revealing to me of the, although it seemed so heavy, this grief, for a second it had. It was like a magic trick, you know, you see behind the trick, like, oh my God. And then it came back, it was heavy, but I was a little shaken, I was like, oh, it's heavy. And I was like, oh, okay, I can, it appears heavy, it appears, it so totally appears heavy. And I'm so going to take care of it, I'm not going to be dismissive, I'm so going to take care of it, I'm so going to take care of this extremely powerful illusion. I don't know if, like, I don't, I wouldn't want to have a millimeter of dismissiveness in that. You know, it's totally there. And somehow, it's an appearance. It's definitely appearing. You know, it's there. It's appearing. You know, but appearance. And so what's happening here is we're, um, I think what we're learning to do, and it's not easy, is we're learning uh, to um, go from coping mechanisms to really powerful qualities of mind, such as wisdom, uh, patience, compassion, you know, so that in our life we don't have to get busy, we don't have to do as much whatever we do, you know, uh, all the different ways that, you know, we avoid going on that street, so we don't feel that, we, avoid, you know, we organize all our lives like this, and slowly, we, that's freedom, slowly we can allow things to move through, through. but we have to build these, uh, these tools or qualities, you know, it's, it's very gradual. Sometimes there's leaps and plateaus, you know, it's not even, but... You know, it's like, I don't get it, I don't get it, I don't get it. Somebody was uh, using an image of uh, playing tennis. I, I don't play tennis, but it sounded good to me. <laughs> it convinced me, you know, that you'll be like, my revers, whatever that is, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and like, ah, oh God, I don't get it, I don't get it, I don't get it. And it's like, ah, I got it. And now it's like, I got it, you know. But the learning curve, or the like, it's it's frustrating. It's frustrating. We don't see the, the, the anything being gained, you know, in terms of skills. And suddenly, whoops! And then there's a plateau. And then you freak out again because, oh my God, I got it, but it's flat. You know. And so, we, you might be in one or the other here. You might be like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Or I have these skills now. You know, there's nothing new happening. 
Okay, so maybe that's enough words for this morning. Uh, if you need, if it's overwhelming, you need to adjust the schedule, change a sitting for a bath or a long walk in the woods. You know, please, uh, please do so. Uh, uh, or if you feel like I can't possibly go back to this room, you don't. I go by the dead log. <laughs> I go take a walk. I was, uh, I, was thinking, I was going to say go by the fire, but at that point, probably not be uh, burning. But you know, find a place where it's it is reassuring a bit, or is uh, nourishment. Half of the work of meditation is to be with what's difficult. The other half, it's a way to present it, is to know how to meet beauty and nourish uh, the mind through the senses. You know with uh, allowing oneself to, to be uh, supported. Okay, let's try this a little bit. You know in this room you can always stand up. I, haven't s- I don't think I've seen anybody, but usually you see people stand up because they're either falling asleep or it's painful. <coughs> Take a moment to stretch if you need. Yeah, the next sit will um, go with the phrases. And those of you who want will um, explore maybe a little bit the neutral uh, uh, category. Uh, and later this afternoon, the difficult uh, person. And so I imagine some of you already have tried to spend uh, time sending meta to a difficult person, although it's not been... Uh, Instructed yet and stuff, but I know like we so much want healing, healing. So you know we'll we'll go there. And often, uh, you know, when we go there, it sh- should be maybe just for a few seconds, especially if it's particularly hard. You know, but once we've built the skill, um, you know, if we just like go there and so we might get stuck with uh, resentment and anger and uh, you know. So this afternoon we're going to go and very lightly touch uh, on this. Um, so if you're doing uh, the phrases, if you want to do the phrases this morning, stay in the area where it uh, comes naturally to you. I'm thinking of um, a colleague and friend, Susan. She, uh, she said that for her, the, for the longest time, her metaphrases... Uh, couldn't be sent to human beings, not herself or others. And uh, sh- and she was uh, sending meta to a lake that she loved and went had the chance to go swimming in in the summer. And, and uh, she would, so she said she built her capacity to a way to gain access and feel, become conscious of that well-wishing benevolence through the relationship with the, the lake. There might be something like this for you. (coughs) So not forcing anything. the state of the body how is it to be in there can that be okay that it's like this maybe it's light or centered or maybe it feels heavy or crooked tender or tensed maybe you can allow the breath to flow in and out naturally as it's at its own rhythm and maybe on the out breath there can be some something sometimes can be released on the out breath tensions and concerns it's a natural place for release
state of the body and state of the heart and sometimes they're very similar sometimes they're different can that be okay that it feels like this in the heart right now the ambiance is like this inside oneself can it be known neutral or intense or subtle or whatever else it feels right to express care with a few simple words here that are meant to be appeasing meant to give voice to this uh, wish for well-being that we have inside ourselves that's why we came here it's there it's alive wish for healing well-being peace clarity there's a way you want to silently meet and greet experiences as they appear humbly allowing for the passage of sounds sensations and breath moods and emotions and thoughts can be allowed to take form and pass through can be also awake to that not caught, not entranced not following
Is there any question about the practice? Something that you uh, <coughs> would like clarify or creates confusion in you? Or would like to hear a few more words about? So when I talked about plateaus, like how does one know where to find the next steps or, you know, uh, direct oneself in, in that? Well, there's, uh, there's one teacher who used to talk about uh, loving the plateau. <coughs> and and uh, maybe we had a conversation about this before, maybe not. There. But uh, I think it was in the context of maybe Aikido, and uh, for somebody who practices in this tradition, and also Aikido, and was talking about uh, how the, how it became a ritual to go to the Aikido um, dojo every I don't know week or day I don't know, but that uh, the learning to let go of expectation of uh, improvement and doing it because it's the right thing to do and it's the there was something very liberating in that, that the <coughs> greedy mind, you know, can grasp for, you know, all kinds of things, you know, and that it, sometimes it can, uh, it's not seen as a hindrance in itself, the fact that we want more, that we believe, there's a belief that should be further along or more. So that might be one one of the things to look at in the field of the mind, you know, how's the mind dissatisfied with here, like this, <coughs> incapable of recognizing that here something is happening, you know, and, and the slight belief that it's in front, over there, where, you know. That's one thing I would definitely check, you know, the belief system, uh, that, that it should be otherwise. That's kind of the big plague for human beings, you know thinking that it should be otherwise. You know. And not to say that we don't intervene in the world. And there's a lot of work to be done, <laughs> you know. But uh, the kind of the capacity to actually meet fully what is there, that's what comes to mind. I don't know if you can... Uh, the other thing that might come to mind sometimes also is that uh, if the mind as... Um, is not uh, really noticing reality because there's a certain maybe unrecognized slight boredom or doesn't uh, is unable to meet the ri richness recognize that there is a richness reflection on death is you is known to be helpful to bring a little urgency to wake up that uh, you know for example now you know, these reflections about now there's health, it's not going to be always there, you know, because sometimes when we're healthy, we, we don't know, you know, which is how life is, you know, but to recognize that there's health, there's intelligence, uh, all these things are very shaky, you know, and, uh, and they're going to disappear, you know, there's <coughs> something happening now, you know, one day there's not going to be life in this form, 
And so uh, sometimes what's missing is the factor of curiosity, investigation, some engagement. There's something a little flattish, it might feel. And uh, so we want to recognize that there's actually uh, consciousness happening, which is totally weird. But it could be missed, you know, because we are so in the middle of it that it's like, yeah, of course I'm conscious. You know, like, yeah, you know. But what is that? What is it? What is that to be a human being? That's such a strange thing. You know. I've quoted this a number of times in the last few weeks, but I was listening to Christiane Saint-Gerre, and she was saying, I cannot imagine something worse for a human being than getting used to being a human being. You know, yeah, that's, you know, yeah, it's my job, it's what I do. It's, it's what I, you know, whatever, you know, it's all done. You're actually sitting. You know, and you'll be standing in a second. That's totally amazing. How does that work, standing? How 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 is it known that somebody's standing? Who is this I sitting there? You know, these are all a kind of uh, assumptions. Yeah, that's me. It's me. It's me who's hearing. You know, hold on. What's that process of hearing, recognizing song, sounds? You know, and being a, they're named. You know, you hear a sound and you know it's bent. You know, it's a truck. How? Huh? Is it you doing all these connections? Or it hap- like there's so many strange things happening all the time. But because there's so much there, we don't question them. So that so I'm going at it from different angle, you know, the angle of the how's the factor of investigation, curiosity uh, there? What is the belief system about it's somewhere else, you know? Some, something else should be happening, kind of dis- dismissing of reality, which is rich. There might be something there or not. You know, always trying my luck. Okay, <laughs> so I see it's time for um, uh, walking for some of us and meeting for some of us. So in the, in the walking, a few words just about speed here. You don't feel like you have to walk uh, slowly, like uh, my instruction about general s- generally taking time and being more slow is really a, a typical instruction of like slow down in your regular activities, you know, as you open closed doors and stuff, just to actually notice reality. Otherwise, it's habitual. In the time of walking, uh, find the speed that matches your practice, you know, that keeps your awareness, that uh, matches the sentence if you, you know so I've seen people walk really uh, fast, especially when they do metta or just uh, not slow down at all and Thich Nhat Hanh, another tradition that I don't know too much but I think sometimes they do they match uh, words and bits of sentences with stepping or breathing, so if you want to play a little bit with this and find the rhythm, you know for me I know that for I've done months of these um, meta and and at some point I would actually there was something about stepping with every like a blessing a step a blessing in a step as if I was almost like walking on flower lotuses blooming you know and uh, there's something about this if you're not doing the sentences you could play with uh, the different uh, fields of consciousness meaning uh, as you do one crossing befriend the universe of sound and hearing like become intimate befriend it metta become acquainted interested as we would be with you know benevolence for a friend you know oh, who are you what's going on in your life so I hearing for one crossing and then another crossing just seeing be reacquainted with that befriend seeing and then uh, maybe moving in space. What do you like to move in space? Or feel cold, something of the body. And then for a fourth crossing, just be in the discover, uh, meet, the stepping. What is the experience of a foot landing or lifting or moving? Is it r- hard or is it... Do you think it's hard and it's actually soft? Or smooth? Or <coughs> I don't know. So. Okay. Enjoy if at all possible. Thank you for listening. 
To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.